From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. Twenty twenty one, what do you think about me? I could wait a year, but I shouldn't wait three. I can't remember if we played this song before, but I, I don't can't, think we did. I, I can't remember being more excited for an album to come out. Uh, this is Vampire Weekend. Um, we are like vampires, staying up late at night on the West Coast and the East Coast, watching tournament games into the night. This is the uh, greatest time of the year if you're a sports fan, certainly a college basketball fan. NCAA tournament wields its way into the second weekend, Sweet 16. Uh, a lot of blue buds, bloods. It's the chalkiest. And a lot of blue buds. Blue buds. Uh, it it's is the chalkiest of all uh, Sweet 16s. That I can remember. How are uh, you doing in your bracket, Jay? I'm doing, I'm 213th out of 390. What? So I'm about in the middle of the pack. Not I made bad. a lot of mistakes. I picked a lot of upsets. And I, none of them I, I picked a lot of upsets too. I'm like, I think I'm sitting with like 11 out of, or 12 out of 16. That's not good. Whatever no. it is, is not good, but I could get. I think my elite eight's going to round in nicely, and I think that my final four is going to round in nicely, and I could win because I picked a little bit of an outsider to win. So, good luck to you on all your brackets. I want to talk about another college sport, an interesting thing that happened just briefly before we get to the great Howie Schwab from Stump the Schwab. I'm so excited from to ESPN. have him. He is a fountain of sports knowledge, and we give it all to you, including his tournament picks. Amazing. Uh, after in this, two but. glorious segments, but I want to talk about. I took my daughter, Georgia, who's a gymnast, who's in gymnastics. She's a gymnast? She's a gymnast. And I took her and her friend to go see the UCLA women's gymnastics team perform a team event uh, So it wasn't a competition? No, it was a competition against Stanford. Okay. Uh, It was a competition event against Stanford at Pauley Pavilion, which, by the way, once the event got started, packed. Every seat taken. Every seat taken. There are Olympians on the UCLA team. Kyla Ross. We watched Kyla Ross. She's really tall. She's amazing because That's she, Rick Ross's daughter. That Am I is wrong to say straight that? up, straight okay. up. Mob, mob deep, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyla Ross. Kyla Murray. A, Kyla Murray. Kyla Ross got a 10. Got a 10 on... We, we you, saw... You saw a perfect 10. Perfect 10 on beam, and I'm telling you, it was perfect. Did the place go crazy? Nuts. Like... Everybody started flashing their hands like dan dan dan, and everyone was going nuts. And so, the- so what's amazing is you get the excitement of the actual feet yep. and the uh, the vault. It was on the beam or the vault. It was on the beam. On the beam. Okay. Which, by the way, is the scariest of all. Like the things they do on the they're beam. they're doing flips on the beam and they're landing them. And so she's she nails this routine piece by piece. And as it's building and as she keeps landing the tricks or whatever they're called, yep. each of the things. Yep. Yep. The crowd's anticipation is better. She does her dismount. She lands it perfectly. The place sticks it, like sticks it in the doesn't best. even bend her knees. Just boom, lands it. it was Crowd incredible. goes crazy, right? It was incredible. And so then there's the anticipation as to what the score is going to be. So now there's mounting anticipation in in the audience. Unbelievable. Crowd goes crazy. Crowd goes nuts. She gets a ten. And once Did your the daughter scores, go crazy, we all went nuts. Like me and her and my daughter, my daughter and I and this other girl, we all just kind of lost our minds. It was amazing. Then we saw Caitlin Ohashi, who I don't know many people who maybe don't aren't that familiar with college women's gymnastics. By the way, UCLA is number two in the country. Oklahoma is number one, mm-hmm. I believe. Right? I think Oklahoma is number one, and Oklahoma beat them by a quarter of a point Jeez. earlier. And I watched the match on ESPN. 
So they're good, and UCLA's number two. They're going to make it to the NCAAs, and it's or it's happening right now. I don't know who won. But, like, Kaylin Ohashi did a routine where she got a perfect 10 on the floor. She does. She jumps up and just bounces on the into splits. Into a split. Bounce on the splits and jumps right back up again. Right. She was. Did in, she flip into a splits? No, she doesn't flip okay. into the splits. But her flips are unbelievable, right. and her tumbling tumbling passes, is amazing. Tumbling passes are incredible. She has so much personality. She's having so much fun. She looks like a normal person. She's not like this tiny, tiny. Yeah, tiny. she looks normal, and she's incredible. And the place goes nuts. She's a star. She's a superstar. It'd be like a she's Zion Williamson for, for women's gymna- gymnastics, and so is Kyla Ross. Is like R.J. Barrett. Like that's who they are. She's the last person they announce when they go down the team, and the ovation is incredible. People love her. And that video of her flow routine went viral. Incredible, which is great for her, except that the extra attention on it, you listen to her routine, and the music she had in her routine included three or four Michael Jackson cuts, like Vincent Price laughing from Thriller, and another cut, uh, ABC, I Want You Back, and, you know, like... The way you make... The way you make me feel. feel. Yeah. Which you look back and listen to that song, and you're like, uh, uh, so in light of fine uh, of leaving Neverland, I I walked into the place with my kids, and I had just seen Leaving Neverland, and I told you how I felt about seeing Leaving Neverland. I literally was like yelling at the yelling TV. at the TV in a way that I don't yell at things. Right, I was literally screaming at a TV. Mm-hmm. Um, every time they said something that they did this, I was like, nope. Uh uh-uh. uh, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I didn't think it was a big deal to let my to let son my, let my son share a bed with Michael. No, was, no, do not. No, in my house by myself. Um, that I walked in and they're warming up and that music is playing and I looked at Georgia. I was like, that can't happen. How anymore. can they still be playing this music? Please tell me someone, like. Can she be nimble? Now, I know this has been the music that's been along her routine throughout the whole time before Leaving Neverland came out. But, like, they got Back when we knew that Michael Jackson molested kids and we just didn't care. That's right. Before we heard the stories. Before you heard the details. So she took, which we, by the way, were at the comedy store and heard a brilliant take by a comedian friend of ours, Jack Jack Knight, Knight, who said that the messaging on what he did, they were like, he just diddled some kids. Like, even just using that word minimizes it so much and makes it seem It's like having great lawyers. Yep. So the gymnastics fans obsessed. And by the way, this clip of Caitlin Ohashi's performance was sent to us by our friends on that email chain. Yeah. And so it was her flow routine since the moment she unveiled it, but on she... She she took it out. She was her first 10 of the year, but she went through... And as proud as she was of the routine, she felt conflicted about following the release of Leaving Neverland, the Good. two-part documentary HBO series about his sexual abuse of children. She no longer felt comfortable doing me, which is what I felt when I walked in there and I heard that music. I was like, how are we cla-? – because in the routine – the as, crowd gets in it, in the routine, and they're like, as the, the way you make me feel, she goes up to the crowd and starts clapping to get them going. And it's like, what are you doing? You're you're cheering. It feels like we're cheering for Michael Jackson. It just felt wrong. Mm-hmm. It felt wrong. It felt the way the parents of those kids should have felt when they went there. When Michael Jackson was having a seven-hour phone conversation with their seven-year-old kid. That's what they should have felt. Kayla and I have been talking about uh, having two routines this year ever since the summer. It was a little bit of a hard decision once we saw how much people enjoyed the routine. Could we top it? It was hard enough to get music that would top her routine. But UCLA former gymnast and dancer, uh, Adrian Ariana Prince. Berlin, uh, kept— Get Prince! He was crazy, but at least 
I they think it was in, consensual. I think so. Kept working on it, working on it, and finally she came up with something that Caitlin and I just felt was even more joyful. And the fact that it was all female artists mm-hmm. made it a no-brainer. Just can't be Cardi B, because she would drug dudes and rob them. She admitted to that. It really wasn't that erroneous or momentous of an undertaking, uh, because it was something we've been thinking about for months. So... Kudos to her. I'm like, why is it that female athletes are just this? Just again, furthers that they're more evolved, that they're more willing to. How can she come out having just gotten a perfect ten and say, you know what? I'm scrapping this song because it doesn't fit. Hey, Washington, why don't you say, hey, the Redskins thing is disrespectful. We had it for years. We understand its emotional place in your heart. We're calling our team the Washington Warriors. Hey, Ohio State, why don't you say uh, abuse against uh, women is wrong? We can't be any part of this. Don't puff up your chest and be defensive. Admit that it's wrong like this woman did and move on. Caitlin Ohashi showing us that she doesn't just get a 10 on the floor. She, she gets, gets a, a 10, 10 in, in life. life. Get a 10 in life. I love the nimbleness. All right, we have a great show. We have a phenomenal show. And of course, Jay. I drop a little Rick Ross for you. Mm-hmm. I drop a little Rick Ross. Yes, Kyler Ross is Aston father. Martin music. Uh, we got Howie Schwab, a guy who probably listens to a ton of Rick Ross as he's yeah. going through stats and information. You do not want to go anywhere. It's a very interesting conversation about his rise to and listen to his rise to ESPN, the, his unceremonious departure release and departure from ESPN, and, and of then course, we talk tournament. Talk tournament. You are going to want to hear it. Uh, Aston Martin music. We are the Squad Brothers. This is View from the Cheap Seats. Don't go nowhere. Hey everybody, it's Elaine Welteroth and I'm hosting a new podcast called Built to Last by American Express, where we will dive deep into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Our debut season will focus on Black-owned small businesses that need our support now more than ever. In each episode, we feature the story of a Black business trailblazer that has inspired a modern Black-owned business. First up is Pinky Cole of Atlanta's food truck turned restaurant, Saleti Vegan. We'll also chat with Hanifa Muemba, the cutting edge designer behind the Hanifa 3D digital fashion show. Plus, we'll check in with Issa Rae, our modern day Renaissance woman. We hope that it encourages all of our listeners to support these businesses as well as the Black-owned businesses in your own communities. Tune in for these amazing stories and others on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, as promised, this is someone that we admired when we didn't know him, and then uh, we got to know him. A we little got bit. to know him a little bit, and through through some friends. And my admiration for him has only deepened. Uh, one of easily always the smartest guy in the room, Howie Schwab. Welcome to View from the Cheap Seats. How you doing, buddy? Well, Randy and Jason, it's great to be with you, and I've admired you guys for a long time. So 
I mean, great to be with you. We've been around. Thank you. We have been around those rooms, so to speak, like at ESPN, just participating in a number of different shows that weren't ours. Uh, and there was always a guy. Always, they always had one guy where everybody, when they looked to say, "What? What is the real the record on this? Or what is the what's the stat on this? What's the history of this? What is the?" There was just, it was like when we were on Grey's Anatomy. There was a medical expert, and everyone, when something was, a, are we doing this right? Is the surgery looked the correct way? And the person would just is nod he holding or, the scalpel right? You are the is he holding, holding the, the scalpel, scalpel guy, right, right guy for sports, and it's very impressive. Impressive. Well, I'm glad I don't have to do that because I don't know how to hold a scalp. Thank God. Thank God. I want to kind of know because I know a lot of people who listen to our show were fans of Stump the Schwab, and that's probably how they first found out about you. But Randy and I kind of want to hear a little bit about how you got to ESPN and sort of into the position that you got and then how Stump the Schwab came out of that. Well, first of all, I came to ESPN because of a guy who really was a mentor for me, a guy named Frank Ross. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank and I worked together at College and Pro Football News Weekly, <laughs> and he told me that ESPN was looking for someone to help do research and information on college game day when Tim Brando hosted it, and actually before that, Larry Burnett. Oh, my, oh God. my God. That's going back. Yeah, so that goes back. Yep. So this is uh, 86, all into 87. And uh, I went up for an I went for an interview first of all at the NFL draft because I worked for College and Pro and uh, I met Terry Lingner and Steve Anderson and uh, we talked and then went to Bristol for a formal interview and sure enough got a job as the first researcher in effect. What year is this? And this is eighty seven. This 80s. is back in. Uh, no, this is back in. Uh, 86, wow. 87. And Bristol was a very different place back in 86 than it is yes. now. Smaller. I mean, Bristol I mean, started in 79, and I knew it was like trailers and stuff. Yeah. When I first got up there, there was some offices, but there were still a few trailers, and uh, it, it was really fascinating and uh, obviously a lot smaller than it is today, where now it's a college campus. It is. It is like a college campus. That's fascinating. Uh, so you got kind of involved there, and then I'm assuming that it kind of started to spider out beyond just college football and pro football there, or is that where it stayed for a while? Well, also college basketball. I mean, right. the, the start of the Big East was a big deal as well. Uh, big East basketball was, uh, you know, Big Monday was a big deal. and yeah, I remember it. Uh, I mean, those days back – Back right after Ewing Mullen. Uh, right after I was, Ewing Mullen. Uh, after that, it was like, wow. And Was it Matumbo? It was Morning, morning, yeah, morning Matumbo. sure. And sure. who else were those kind of the big players from the Big East in the Syracuse had some guys in the late oh, Syracuse, Nova. Yeah. I mean, well, certainly Nova. Yeah, everyone remembers back to '85 when they beat Georgetown. I mean, the mid '80s, the mid '80s for the Big East was with the coaches, the the coaches, and the players. Can you put that in a context with the current ACC? I mean, people obviously the Big Ten is having a great season this year, but the ACC consistently delivers. It's certainly at the top of that league. The Big East, in comparison to the current ACC, well, the Big East back then was. Louis Carnesecca, yep. John Thompson, mm-hmm. 
uh, Jim Beheim, Raleigh, Raleigh Massimino. Yeah. So, I mean, those four right there. Personalities. Personalities. Incredible. Yeah. Very different. I mean, the coaching personalities now are so different. Yeah. I mean, when you had those, when you had Raleigh and, and Louie and Abe Lemons, for example, I mean, and Valvano and sure. so many personalities now. There are, I mean, there are personalities, but I think it's a little different. Yeah. And uh, the intensity level, certainly, when you look at a Coach K and a Roy Williams and a, a Izzo, Bill Self and Izzo, Calipari yeah, Izzo, I yeah. mean, there's still certainly the intensity. Sure. But I think the personality is a little different. Yeah. And I think what's also kind of different, and I certainly remember back into the 80s, when a guy would come in like a Patrick Ewing or, you know, or a morning, you'd be like, all right, they got this guy for three or four years. So yep. this team is going to be great. And the coaches had a chance to sink their teeth into these players and say, I'm going to help mold this guy and I'm going to have a center for four years. And you also had more mature players coming into the NBA. Right. The one and done has left you with kids who still have a lot to learn. And I, I'm curious to see how Zion does when he goes into the NBA. Yeah, I, I was going to ask I you about he that. Will be, Where, I think he will be very good, but it will be still a learning process of uh, the road trips, the uh, the mature players you're going against, the size, the speed of the game. Yeah, he's uh, not going to be able to bully the people. The time's different. Yeah, he's not going to be able to bully people around. He's going to get paint. blocked. A lot of his shots are going to get well, blocked. Well, we talked to Gilbert Arenas. Uh, we saw him around the podcast studio a, a while back. We're going to have him on the show. But he was saying, and we'll get into it more with him, but I'm curious. You know, he said he said Zion Williamson is 6'6", which, you know, everybody is always on in the program is an inch taller yeah. than than they than they really are at least yeah so if he's let's say you measure him at a at an NBA combine of sorts and he measures out at 66 where does he play I mean, I mean put him at the 2 is he or the is, three? He, is he probably right is he fast enough to be a 2 is he long enough to be a 3 I don't think he is he's definitely not a 4 so he uh, no said, I'd say he's a 2 he's a 2 is, are his not, ball handling skills good enough to be a two? He can't shoot the Probably three. Probably not. Can't shoot the three like a two. Nope. I no, mean, it's, it's, so it's a whoever gets him first is going to have a project more than they think. You know what I mean? He's kind of coming out with a lot of hype, but I don't know if he fits in where he fits in the NBA. Maybe you take John Morant or you take Barrett, and uh, you don't have that problem. That's right. Barrett's a much better, and and John Morant to me feels like a guy who's going to be a great NBA player. Just a great looks guy. that way. I mean, just looks that way. But you know, playing at Murray State, you're not playing against the top notch teams every night. Right. So you're that's that's the thing you have to wonder about. But certainly, there have been enough players coming out of small colleges over the years yeah. that have. Uh, Follow I think of a guy named uh, Stockton was pretty good. Yeah, Steph, right. Steph Curry, pretty Steph good Curry, coming out bad. of Davidson. Yeah, pretty good, yeah. Not bad. So, you know, Luke yeah, Luke Ridenour, kidding. Uh, so, Ridenour was, was Oregon. Yeah, was I know. He? No, was he? Yeah, he was Oregon. Ridenour was Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. But, uh, all right, so... You, you oh, guys, of, I have to go. I have to come back and answer your other question. Sure. I'll stump the Schwab started. Sure, yes, I would love please. to I got called. I got called into an office one day. Mm-hmm. And Mark Shapiro, the senior vice president, we you know him well. We know him well. very well. Yes, I know. Uh, 
called me and said, uh, do you know why you're here? <laughs> you're and like, I said, on. my guess is uh, has something to do with Dick Vitale, who I worked with. Mm-hmm. Uh, something with him. Well, what's going on? He goes, uh, we've decided to start a new show. I said, oh, really? What? Uh, it's called Stump the Schwab. You're going against people. We know you're pretty smart. Uh, I said, oh, what? <laughs> I was like, you were, stumped. I was like, you were stumped. He stumped the Schwab with that question. Well, sort of. I was like, okay, one deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I win, I win, I lose, I lose. I'm not going to put pressure on myself. Yeah. And the one thing I did which was really smart about Stump the Schwab. We went down to look at the set and see everything, and they said, oh, we have stand-ins for you. I said, no, I want to I try this. I want to see what the questions are like. I want to see what the set is like. I want to see what the chair is like. Yeah. I got very comfortable in five minutes, and I think I had an advantage in the studio being there, being under the lights, feeling the the pressure of the seat of feeling everything. Yeah. And I felt really comfortable. And there were some people who were contestants on the show who clearly got nervous, who clearly were not, not set by, by the lights and uh, everything that was around them. And the scenario I think favored me in that regard. And it worked out pretty well. I was 64 and 16. That, that's uh, amazing. I'll take that winning. Per- Do you know the winning percentage? Do you know your actual- oh, yeah, 80 even 80, 80 even. even. Well, okay. what's really funny about that is one time I was in Las Vegas. <laughs> I was what in a that? casino with Vital. <laughs> yeah. And a guy goes, Hey, stop to Schwab. You were great. I said, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh-huh. He goes, what was your record? I said, 64 and 16. I know it was. He goes, you lost 16 times. Oh my God. That's terrible. <laughs> You're Thanks, like, what? Thanks yeah, a lot, man. Yeah, if any coach in college basketball had that winning percentage. Extrapolate that out. Okay, 640 and 160. If you're a basketball coach or a football coach that has that record, you, you get are, a many million. You're, you're a Hall, of Hall, of Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. And if the I show was would, happy with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I was only upset when I lost a couple of times. One time I was upset because... We did four shows in a day, and yep. I was so fried. Yeah, I just want to get out of there. That's I the disadvantage. That's the disadvantage because yep. you're. Oh yeah, that was that day. It was. Well, that you're the constant. Brutal. You're the constant, and everyone else has get their. F- they, they, they have it. one. They have a fresh shot, you know. And then there was one time I lost where this guy was obnoxious. I remember him <laughs> to this day. Terrible. And he he just was Cocky. brutal. He yeah. he was like trash talking uh, and awful. obnoxious and i wanted to shut him up so badly mm. and unfortunately i lost to him twice uh. and then the third time i really wanted to kick his butt and and then he lost in the first round of the final oh wow and i'm like oh my god i wanted to beat him yeah you uh. wanted that shot and then again. it was it was anticlimactic when i won though the kid was really nice who i beat in the final that year, but I was like, oh my God, I want to beat this other guy. Well, what's amazing? He was like the Prince Nassim Ahmed. Yeah, you wanted to just knock him out. Stump the Schwab. You really? But the truth of the matter is, and what's interesting about the show, and I think one of the reasons Jay and I really related to the position that you were in, is that not because we are guys with tremendous sports knowledge, we're not. We love sports, but the idea that it's one of those things where people feel like, oh, I can do this. 
I can beat this guy. I can sit in there, like you say, under the lights, in the chair with all the pressure. And I, what, what the Schwab does isn't so difficult. Like his, his head for knowledge is, it is what it is. I, I, mine is better. Same way that people see people doing stand-up comedy and they're like, I can do that. I'm with, funny at I'm work. I'm funny around my, and it's like, you don't understand all that goes into it. You don't understand how much you were that go-to person for so many years on shows where really the the best of the best and when the when it's crunch time especially when you're doing live stuff people everyone the producers and everyone look at you and say howie what's the what what's is the, the deal what's the deal here what's it, it we need the right stat the right information coming out of our it, host that now. is pressure and and you have like dealt with that whereas regular people just haven't so there's it kind of looks easier than it is did you feel that sometimes people kind of felt that way a little bit, but you know, I, I just took it in stride. When I went and played, I just was like, "Let me have fun, okay? Let me think about things." It, it came to me naturally. I was pretty happy with it. Did you uh, feel like were you present in the moment, like as they were happening? Did you feel like you could appreciate what was going on? Sometimes, sometimes I did. I when just, we did the shows, I mean, the, and it's funny you say the bit about stand-up comedians because. Uh, I'll tell you what, people all think they're funny and they tell <laughs> jokes and stuff yeah. and they're not. Yep. And the really good, I saw a comedian. I don't know if you know this guy, Sarge Pickman. Yeah. We yeah. know who he is. Sarge is, uh, I knew Sar Sarge used to work at ESPN. Oh yeah. And great guy. Yeah. And so I nice. just reconnected with him and saw him down in the Boca Raton, Florida recently. Yeah. He did stand up for two hours. Unbelievable. And he was great. Unbelievable. And I laughed my head off for, yeah. for two. My wife and I are sitting there going, he's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. And for to listen to someone for two hours, and every single story is hysterical. Every single thing you can relate to. Mm -hmm. I, I think stand-up comedy, what's great about it is when, when a lot of the comedians are telling stories, you go, oh, I've been through that. Yes. Yeah, I've seen that. Yes, I, I've lived through that. Oh my God, that's so funny. That's so true. And uh, you know, when I when I was on the show, and I, I think back about it once in a while. I mean, I just loved the environment. I loved the people who worked on the show. I loved being in the studio, and it, it was just fun. And actually, the most fun it. was Stuart Scott, the yeah. late great Stuart Scott. Was just sweet guy. One time, Stuart Scott gotta tell this yeah please and no one knows it because no one's ever seen video of it because i don't think video exists but, i love it uh we were rehearsing one day and the rehearsal was basically lights and uh, people say oh they must have given you the questions no they never gave no. me questions no. come on are you kidding me never they had lawyers around to make sure everything was above board, of it, was, course. it was like wow. I mean, it's, uh, you wanted, it's a game you, show. They didn't want. They didn't want. Uh, that's right. Sixty-four thousand dollar question. No, no. And I learned that right away. I was like, okay, whatever. Good. Mm -hmm. Well, Stuart Scott one day does gymnastics on the set. It was hysterical. <laughs> what? And, yeah, he literally did did a did a somersault. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my god. And then what it led to, in the first year, they had a stunt double do gymnastics and made believe it was me. It was hysterical. Uh, that is so funny. Uh, the video exists somewhere on YouTube. I've seen it. Oh, my God. Uh, that's where great. 
some they cut in a gymnast uh-huh. doing this thing, and then I I stand up and I'm there I, as if I just landed. A triple a great dismount. Yeah, that's and I was fantastic. Like, oh, this is hysterical. that is great. And I, I that came about because Stuart did this one day and it was hysterical. Stuart was just so much fun. He's a good athlete. Also, it was fun. Stuart used to bring his daughters in. Yeah. And I saw them grow up before my eyes. So it was really Amazing. good. Amazing that you had that experience connected with him. I mean, uh, he's no longer with us, but it's just great yep. that you were able to be connected with him Through on that. that. And it was a great. You know, like we had a great show on on ESPN. It was it it was wonderful, and it had its time, and it lived long enough for people to really enjoy it. I think it's a you know, as Mark Shapiro goes, it's like we know how a lot of those things get get thought up. We've actually sat in on brainstorming sessions with him, and and how his brain works, and how you know he gathers up smart people and says what would be a great show. That was a just phenomenal idea. For a show, basically showing the inner workings of the smart people at ESPN and 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 pitting that by up against regular people, it was brilliant. And I love that you stayed on at ESPN after that for years until obviously until unceremoniously let go at a time where I where a lot of people yep. were in and a lot of people, us included, felt like you got a raw deal. Yeah, well, I did. To this day, I feel that way. But five years later. Instead of living in Bristol, Connecticut, I live in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, two yeah. blocks from the ocean. Yep, married to a beautiful woman. Yep, and life is good. And I'm I'm working with Dick Vitale still behind the scenes. Great. And I work on Fox on Bracketology for two years and have enjoyed that. And I realize life is short and you got to enjoy it. It's and so while true. While Bristol, Connecticut was okay. Uh, I'm much happier down here. I mean, I was very happy at ESPN because I loved my work. Mm-hmm. I loved the people. Mm-hmm. And, and don't kid yourself, the people at ESPN is what made that place. A hundred percent. Of course, yeah. And what happened was the dollar counters decided, oh, we don't need some of these people. Yeah. We, we need to cut the budget because... We're paying nine hundred billion dollars to the NBA yeah. for their games. Yeah. Or we're paying yeah. X to That's the NFL. Right. That's or right. Or X to baseball mm-hmm. or X to college sports. Mm-hmm. And the amount of money they were paying and the fact of the matter is cable uh, people cut the cord now and uh, some of the the subscription base has gone down and some of the revenue has gone down. Uh, there was a point where ad revenues went down a little bit. Uh, so the network had to show a greater profit, the Disney way. And by doing that, uh, some very talented, very important people got let go. Like yourself. I mean, my, my wave back uh, five years ago, a little over five years ago, uh, there were a few people. Uh, I became one of the most known ones because of two things. One. I put something on on tw- on Facebook and Twitter. Yep, uh, saying, "Listen, I got let go because of money." Yep. Uh, the reason I did that was I wanted to get another job, and I didn't want people to think that I was got- let go because of indiscretions. That's right. That's and, right. And there were certain people who were let go because of indiscretions. Mm-hmm. You may remember mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Steve Phillips and the like. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I liked Steve Phillips. Steve got another job. Fine. But I just, I wanted people to know that I got let go because of money, and that was it. Yeah. And and by the way, I wasn't making seven figures. No. 
I wasn't making ridiculous amounts of money. But you were getting uh, paid for what you, – you were being valued for what you did. And you certainly – your talent and your ability to do what you do, very few people can do it on the level that you do And it's it. needed everywhere. It's needed in every well, sport. Well, I, I could tell you a really funny story. One sure. thing that happened on Stump the Schwab. One time I, I lost and I decided, okay, I'm in New York City. I'm by myself. <laughs> I'm going back to the hotel. Yeah. I'm going to have a nice dinner. Uh-huh. I had a steak. I had a Diet Coke. I had a salad. I had dessert. Yeah. Bill came to like $70. Yeah. Okay. New York, that's not so terrible for no. a steak. No. Okay. I get a phone call from Disney. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Schwab. The per diem is $45. You spent 70 <laughs> I said, pardon me. Two things. Number one. Uh, you don't call me when I go and buy a hamburger for dinner, which I did several times. Which is under and, the amount. If we want to roll stuff Which was stuff about over. 20. Yeah. You know, I spent 20 uh, several times. Yeah. So the one time I spent 70. You got with dinged tip, for it. by the way. With tip. I get I said, are you kidding me? I said, um, well, they we're very upset about this. Mm-hmm. And the bean, ca- I said, pardon me. Uh, my name is Schwab. What's the name of the show? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. How dare I? Well, after that, I I talked to the production company and said, from now on, uh, I will submit my bills to you and uh, you will pay them and we will never have this problem again. And that's what happened. And it's, it was fine. It's but it's but that, disrespectful in in many ways. And and I, it's I, a I was furious. It's a horse because of course uh, I always try to at Disney be very careful about the way I spent money. Yeah. Because I remember George Bonheimer, who I loved, mm-hmm. as president of ESPN said, make believe the dollar you spend is your own dollar. And mm-hmm. I that stuck with me. I, I was treated that way. I treated it with respect. One time at the ESPYs, a vice president took us out to dinner, ordered champagne, wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bill must have been several thousand dollars. And I'm saying... This this is ridiculous, but maybe that's how he treats his dollar. You never know. That's how he treated his dollar. Whatever. Right. You never know. All right, let's take a break before we talk about the current NCAA tournament, which is going on right now with the Schwab. Uh, don't go anywhere. You're going to hear his picks. You're going to hear uh, who he thinks is going to move on. Uh, it can't help you really in your bracket building right now, but it's a good thing to check. This will be our public record if he gets it all right. That's right. He's the Schwab. We'll be right back. <laughs> Introducing the new Verizon Business Unlimited plans. Now you can pick a plan for as low as $30 a month per line with AutoPay. Get 5G nationwide, plus massive data capacity, plus spam blocking features. And with Verizon Business Unlimited, you can mix and match the right plans for your business so you get more of what you need and none of what you don't. From Verizon, the network businesses rely on. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities on most VZ 5G devices. Monthly per line pricing with five plus lines on Biz Unlimited Start. Device payment, smartphone purchase, auto pay, and paper free billing required. Terms apply. Support for this podcast comes from WGU. Do you want a more skilled and effective workforce? 
Do you want to build loyalty and increase employee retention? A partnership with Western Governors University could be exactly what you need. Over 300 organizations nationwide already count on WGU for valuable education benefits that lead to better prepared and more capable workers. With more than 60 accredited bachelor's and master's programs to choose from and shorter credential programs coming soon, WGU has long been a leader in making quality higher education more accessible. Flexible online learning is the key. Students can fit schooling around their existing schedules and even complete courses and degrees sooner than planned. WGU makes earning a respected degree possible with just a computer and an internet connection. Partner with WGU today to make a smart investment in your company's and employees' future. Learn more at wgu.edu partnerships. That's wgu.edu partnerships. All right, welcome back, guys. Uh, so, <clears throat> so now you are doing the, uh, like bracketology on Fox and, you know, l- let's just transition into, because we're right smack dab in the middle of the tournament. This is going to come out on Friday. So there will be some games that have already happened on Thursday, but this is the sure. ch- chalkiest, as they say, sweet 16 in recent memory, meaning that the, you've got a lot of blue bloods there, a lot it's of a, favorites, a lot of top seeds, which we all love a great upset in the Cinderella nature of, you know, the UC Irvine's of this world make the tournament exciting, the Murray State's sure. of this world. But now you get into weekend two and weekend three. How excited are you for these? Every game is an insane matchup. And, I, and then I want to hear what, who, you're, who you're leaning on and who you're liking. Sure. Uh, first of all, the fact that you don't have Loyola Chicago this year and Sister Jean yeah. like you did last year, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, Because you know what? Uh, I, and I get it. Oregon would be the one Cinderella because they're a 12 seed. Right. And they're still here. But they're a good team. Uh, I, I think it's great because you have great competition. The first, I mean, last weekend, the Saturday night was as disappointing because I thought Purdue Villanova would be a game. I thought Auburn Kansas would be a game. They were terrible. They terrible. blew them Not out. Not even close. Blew them out. Blowouts. Blowouts. I went to sleep at halftime of the Auburn Kansas game, twenty six point game. Yeah, I said, "Let me get some sleep. I gotta be up at five in the morning." It's yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, thank God it's over. Yeah. I mean, but it was not great. Yeah, I mean, the one game that was competitive, really uh, noteworthy, was the Kentucky Wofford game, which was fantastic. Kentucky Wofford, and then and then maybe Tennessee Iowa, Tennessee were, Iowa, where Iowa became, came back, became a twenty five point game, and then all of a sudden Iowa came back, right. Which was shocking, but the Maryland game I mean, was amazing too. That Mar- was, Maryland LSU was very good because they made. Shots. But the first week you had uh, Auburn New Mexico State became a game. Yeah, you had the drama of Liberty and Cal Irvine, sure, sure, and, and Murray State. So you had the upsets, but now what you have is great matchups and great games and teams that have excelled this year. Here's a stat for you. Uh, I looked this up. Yeah, of the sixteen teams left. 14 of them were in the preseason top 25. That's amazing. So they were expected to be here pretty much. Yeah. And that includes Oregon. Yep. Oregon lost bowl, bowl. Right. They were 14 in the preseason poll. Yeah. So Oregon being here now is not a total shock, except it's impressive. They lost bowl, bowl. And if they had him, they would have been right. Really high. Uh, I agree. So now you're looking at this and you said blue blitz. I mean, Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, Mm -hmm. Virginia is becoming a blue blood if you see what they've done. And then you have power conferences. ACC has five left. 
Big Ten has three, three left. Yeah. SEC four left. So that's twelve of the sixteen are the three power conferences. I know three of the power conferences. It's great. And also missing Big East. None. None. Mm-hmm. You Which thought is, Villanova? Yeah, I know worthy too. Yeah, you thought Villanova would be the team that would maybe emerge from there, but Villanova no. or Marquette or Marquette, but wasn't I, the Marquette just fell apart? Yeah, that and was, Seton Hall fell apart. Well, in that game against Wofford. Yeah, and St. John's. I'm. I'm surprised St. John's the made the tournament. Missed, by the way, yeah, I, I had 67 to 68 when I projected it. And the one team the... I missed is my alma mater. Yeah. Uh, did I hear about that enough on Twitter? I'm sure you did. Oh my god! But I mean, I, I think a lot of people were surprised they made it into the tournament, and there were a couple of notable snubs that that maybe could have been in in St. John's place, and they proved it. This is they proved it right. I mean, what's interesting is Buffalo didn't go farther that I thought they would maybe have a chance to go further. I mean, I thought UCF the UCF Duke game was unbelievable. A couple non that was the, that was the best game of the tournament. A couple no calls. I should have mentioned that. Yeah, weekend. That was by far the best game. I mean, and I, I'll tell you what. Yeah, go ahead. If UCF has that dunk, they're up four. That would make it should have had that dunk That's to go right. up six. Yeah. And it would have been a different game. And the other one was the rebound uh, that led to the three-point play from Williamson. I know. If Delorier doesn't get that rebound, it's and an no unbel- one talks about that. Well, that's a great rebound, but R.J. Baird definitely pushed pushed, pushed the University yep. of Central Florida in the back, two hands on the back. You think, are the refs going to call that right there? I mean, that is— a- Well, Williamson should have had two offensive fouls. Yeah. The push-off on the drive. Too. Yeah. Yep. And, and they're just not going to call it because, you, you know, you're probably going to wind up seeing Duke-Michigan State in that upper bracket. Uh, you you you're gonna see you know I see Tennessee even though they had a rough couple of I think they might get back on track. I want to hear what he says, but I want to hear what yeah. Where, where where do you see this thing shaking out for the Elite Eight and then on to the Final Four and then the championship game? And, and of course the games that are played uh, we won't talk about. No, uh, uh, we can talk. We're per, going. I'm per, going per to see the Michigan. Tennessee is going to be a great game, right? And one of the problems with Tennessee is their defense played. Six straight games, they've given up 70 or more points. That's right. And before that, their longest streak of giving up 70 was three this year. Wow. So you kind of wonder a little bit. Now, mm-hmm. granted, last game was overtime, so that, that, yeah, that skewed it a drop. Uh-huh. But uh, I kind of wonder if Tennessee's wearing out a little bit. Mm. I mean, they're a very, very much a veteran club, and you think they're going to respond uh, they should have put Colgate away, and Colgate, the kid Burns, went nuts. Unbelievable, and, that kid. And uh, all of a sudden, it's a game. Yeah. Uh, the last game, they're ahead 25, and then boom. Yeah. Now, Purdue's a different animal. Look what Purdue did to Villanova. They killed him. Carson Edwards has been the best player in the tournament. Yep. 68 points in two games is... I mean, but who? What kind and, of a Carson Edwards are you going to get? The guy who shoots three for seventeen and his usage is out uh, off the charts, or is he going to actually? Are the are the tough shots going to fall for him? Is is really the question? Well, so far they have. They have, so, have but he's had not uh, had a great year but, thus far. But he's up and down. You're right. right. Uh, the other element is the kid Harms inside. He has really who's stepped his gigantic. Game. Yeah, he he's moved his game up. He eighteen points last game. Yep, he's become a factor. Yeah, and I don't know if Tennessee counters that. Nope. So I think you're going to have a really good game. Uh, I picked Tennessee to win in my bracket. Yeah, but I, I tell you what, I've been impressed by Purdue and Matt Painter's team. Do people realize Purdue was six and five at one point? 
Yeah. yeah. They lost to Notre Dame, who had a bad year. Yeah. Michigan blew them uh, out. Michigan blew them out and yep. out early. Blew them out. And yep. then they really, uh, they benched Harms. Painter benched yep. Harms for a couple of games, put that other kid, I believe his name is Williams in. Williams, yeah. And put him yep. in. And I think it rattled him enough and shook his cage to the point where he now is coming at Came it back hard. and came back at it harder. And, well, and Matt Painter's done a great job with that group. And I mean, for them to tie for the Big Ten title is very impressive. And, uh, I I actually think Purdue's going to now win that game, even though I picked Tennessee. In my okay, so, okay, so, right, so Purdue, 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 which of course the game will be over by the time. It will, so we'll get to see in real time. This, so you'll know if I was right or wrong. So we'll know. How so, about same how about with Michigan, Michigan uh, Texas Tech? That's an interesting game. Two great defenses, and the question is, can Charles Matthew shut shut down Culver? You know, that's definitely a factor. Culver was great the last game. John Beeline has to be considered one of the best coaches in America. Yep. Best. I mean, last year he's in last year he's in the title game. Yep. This year he's back in contention. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were very good for a long time this year. They stumbled a little bit down the stretch uh, against Michigan State twice, but three times. Uh, three times. Uh, well, three, three times, times overall, but yeah. twice twice in a row yeah, in, the, in the latter stages. That's of right. But that's right. You're right. You're correct. Three times in a row. Let's be accurate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they're not playing Michigan State this time. They're playing Texas Tech. And Texas Tech's defense, certainly one of the best in the country. And Chris Beard has done a great job. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think he's the coach of the year, in my opinion, because yeah. Texas Tech was picked seventh in the preseason poll in the Big 12. Wow. Uh, but now saying that, uh, Michigan finds ways to win. Mm-hmm. Matthews, I mean, Simpson. they seem to step up. Simpson, Simpson's been a factor, absolutely. Uh, Texas Tech is not as deep. Michigan will have a few other players come off the bench and be more of a factor. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick Michigan to win, but I think it'll be one heck of a game. I think it's going to be a great game. And then the other game is Gonzaga-Florida State, which that will be interesting. I don't think Gonzaga has faced that, long that of level team. of just... Length. Athleticism and length that Florida State throws at you. They're relentless. Florida State has the depth to counter. And also, Florida State last year beat Gonzaga in the same round of the tournament. That's right. 75 to 60. That's and right. most of those players are back. Unfortunately for Florida State, one who's not going to be there is Phil Kofer, yeah. whose father passed away. I heard. And the funeral, I believe, is t- on Thursday. <sighs> so. Unfortunately, they'll be without him, and he's a scorer. But they were without him for a lot of the season because he was hurt early in the year. So they have certainly enough weapons without him. Terrence Mann has been playing great. Uh, Gonzaga was my pick before the year. And then after the St. Mary's game, I filled out my bracket, and I picked Virginia to win the whole thing. Wow. So... Uh, How do you feel about that now? How do you feel about it now? I mean, do you think Gonzaga's got three bigs that could probably be in the NBA? Uh, Probably will be. I mean, Tilly, when he's healthy, is super. Can shoot outside and go inside. Brandon Clark had 36 the last game against Baylor. He's unreal. Brandon Clark was not there last year when Florida State beat him. That's right. Which is why I think Gonzaga will be Florida State this time. Wow, that he is the factor. So then, of course, you th- and then if you move forward, if Michigan beats them and, and Gonzaga, they too advance to the Elite Eight, you think Gonzaga takes Michigan and then goes in the Final Four? 
Actually, uh, when I filled out my bracket and I decided to pick Michigan. Which, okay, let's say Michigan State plays Duke and Xavier, Xavier Tillman, who I believe is a fantastic defensive guy, hat, draws the assignment of trying to not get pushed around by Zion Williamson. If Michigan State beats Duke and you set up a fourth time for Michigan and Michigan State to meet in the Final Four, I mean, that would be epic. I picked Duke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got Duke. And, and you know what? After the Central Florida game, I feel even more strong that Duke's going to get back to the Final Four. This was the game for them to be beaten. Yeah, and they, and and they rose through. They survived every, every year. Every year you have a team. I remember Georgetown almost got beat one year, and it was, like, shocking. Uh, I remember back to NC State in 83. The first round of the tournament, no one talks about that. Yeah. I mean, the first round was against Pepperdine, coached yep. by Jim Herrick mm-hmm. with a guy named Dane Suttle. And that game went double overtime. Jeez. I remember that game. I mean, remember okay. those remember so, those early games of Princeton, the Pete Carrill teams that would play oh, Georgetown yeah. and it would be forty nine to forty seven and someone yeah. make a backdoor cut and miss a layup and there's the game. But it was a two point game and it, there was no business beating them. The Princeton well, the Princeton Georgetown game, we were in the studio at ESPN. John Saunders and Vital. And I think Jimmy V was probably there. Mm-hmm. I got to know. Actually, no. He, uh, I don't think he was, now that I think about it. But uh, Dick Dick was definitely there, and, and John was there. And there was a guy named Tom O'Jackson who went to Princeton. And Dick said he would stand on his head if Princeton won the game. <laughs> And Georgetown won by a point. I believe it was in Providence. Yeah. And Dick also said that if Georgetown lost, he would walk to Providence. <laughs> but, uh, you better put your money where your mouth is. Dick, That's unbelievable. Dick, after the game and Georgetown won by a point, Dick actually did do a hence, stand on his head. Unbelievable. Which I thought he was going to kill himself, but oh, my God. And actually, oh, Jackie and uh, Tommy, Tommy O, OJ, Went and got a Princeton sweater and made him wear it. That's hilarious. So wait, so okay, so let's get back to the final four. So you've got Duke, Duke Michigan, Michigan Virginia, Virginia, and who else? And Tennessee, Kentucky. 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 Talk, talk, strong. About, talk about, yeah, you were saying Blue Bloods. I mean, this is kind of like modern Blue Bloods against Athletes the Athletes mixed with a tra- grad transfer player, senior. Exactly, yeah, well, you know, with Reed Travis there at Kentucky from Stanford, that would be pretty amazing. You have Carolina has Cameron Johnson from Pitt. Yep. I mean, you've got you've got a lot of grad, the grand transfer things out of control. I yep. mean, I've there always two hundred seventy kids already in the portal. I know for, I, ne- for next year, it's I, crazy. I've always said this: the saddest, most anticlimactic night uh, is senior night at Duke. It's nobody, uh, <laughs> or at or at Kentucky. So, all right. So then you have UVA facing Kentucky, or, and you probably have UVA moving on against Duke. Is that right in the championship Correct, game? Correct, I do. And you and have, I have Virginia beating Duke in the final. Wow, wow! And all ACC final would be appropriate. They've those, those teams, teams have, have been, hovered around number one all year, and for Virginia to have gone out first round last year to a sixteen, to a first, 16 time ever, first time ever. Yep. To be vindicated and come all the way back, that vindicates Tony Bennett a little bit. Uh, a lot. And 
that UMBC game was amazing because UMBC did everything right. I mean, they they drove the ball to basket. They hit three pointers. Virginia couldn't put the ball in the ocean. It was it was isn't that it crazy? It was amazing. Though? It was it was scary. But so all, with all that we know, that it does sometimes just come down to that to just have a bad night. You can do everything. You can do everything you can to get open looks and get the shots you want. If they're not falling, and another team goes on a little bit of a run, or one kid gets hot, boom. I mean, I watched that Gonzaga St. Mary's game, and I was like. Really? Is Gonzaga that good? I can't tell. St. Mary's is just taking him to the woodshed right now. And like it was like, it wasn't even like a 40, it wasn't like a 71 73 game. It was 63 to 49. Like it was an insane beatdown. And well, Gonzaga averaged 90 over 90 a game. They held him to 49. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what happened to Gonzaga? Did someone switch the uniforms? Yeah. But they I can mean, have a night. Like insane. But you, you can, can, but have, you can a have a bad night like you that. You can have a night like that or a day like that. Well, or... that's the difference of, uh, Vital says this all the time. In the NBA, a best of seven, you're not going to see the upset. Yeah. But when it's one game and one night, you never know. And Cinderella, a five-star team plays like a three-star team. And a three-star team elevates their game and plays like a five-star team. And that's how you have the upset. And, the, and, and the, he's right. And the answer is, when was the last undefeated team you saw in college basketball? It was 1976? 76, Indiana. 76, Indiana. Bobby Knight's great teams. So teams Scott don't... May and yeah. Quinn Buckner and Bobby Wilkerson, yeah. Teams don't go undefeated. You are going to lose games during a year. Why? Because somebody's going to be off. Two guys are going to be Well, there's also parity in college basketball, and there's also it's tougher to win on the road. You see a lot of teams that are great end up losing on the road. And the grand equalizer, I feel like, and you can agree or disagree with this, is that a five-star kid who's a freshman playing against a three-star kid who is a senior, who's a man, who's four years older, who's been in a system, who's maybe through the years like leveled up in some ways, certainly in a system like John Beeline's system or any like Krzyzewski's system, if there's a guy who's been there for a few years, which there aren't a lot, but that guy has learned a a lifetime of basketball knowledge within a few years. And really, take a guy like John Teske. You look at him as a freshman at Michigan, Guy could barely move his feet. He looked like he was running in, in water. He was in slow motion. Now that guy is can sh- flash out on a pick. I mean, on a on on a ball screen, screen, a ball screen, and get back in a heartbeat and defend a guy against the rim as well yeah. as anyone. Well, that's that's why a veteran player, four years of practice, four years of learning your teammates, four years of the coaching and improving. It makes a difference. And uh, like last year with Loyola, Chicago, a lot of those kids were veteran kids who've been together for three years. And the continuity is a factor. That's how they move on. And that's why the little guy deserves a chance sometimes. Well, does that, and all of this, in my opinion, adds up to this being the most wonderful time of the year, just in terms of Absolutely. Sports. I mean, we kind of have lost the bowl season a little bit. I would love to see football get into a more expanded playoff type of a deal, but there is nothing Absolutely. that there's nothing that compares to this tournament. Year in and year out, it never disappoints. Well, first of all, the bowl games. Number one, there's too many bowls now. Yep. Number two, now you're having some kids say we don't want to play in bowl games because NFL. we may get hurt and yeah. it'll affect our NFL draft stock. Yep which I think is ridiculous because now you're abandoning your team. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you an example. Will Greer, 
quarterback at West Virginia. Yeah. Who's not projected in the first round now in most cases. But anyway, could Will have Greer could have pl- helped him out. Could have helped his team out and his own chances out. Well, he didn't play in the bowl game. His team lost the bowl game. I think they would have been a little better with him in the in the game. Yeah. Just a little. Yeah. And instead of helping his team, he uh he gets a little selfish. Now, granted, you don't want to get hurt. And football, the odds are you get hurt more Jake than butt. in basketball. Jake Butt. But, Look at him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. But it's frustrating to me that a kid says, okay, guys, I've been with you for three, four months. Let me back off now and care, take care of myself and not get hurt and – by the way, what are the odds of getting hurt? I mean, the uh, the uh, it's not like it's 50-50. No. It's w- whatever it is. Uh, well, you don't want to take that risk. I get you don't want to take that risk. You think you're going to make a lot of money. But what about the flip side of what you're doing to your team? Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it, Didn't you get a scholarship? Didn't you commit to be part of that team? Yeah, so what I'll I'll put it in this context. You are definitely making a sound decision for your future. But in making that decision, you devalue the game and the season and your team, and it suddenly makes the bowl games worse for everybody else, which you should be you should be out there for yourself. There's a lot of money going on out there, but you look at college basketball, and again, I look at like a Steph Curry-like run, and if John Morant would have had maybe one or two more games in this tournament, you might have seen a reprise of that, but... Steph Curry's coming out party, obviously we knew he was Del Curry's son and we knew he had talent, but yep. his coming out party was that tournament. And when you saw, oh, absolutely. Him, you saw him do what he did, suddenly people weren't like, this guy can't make it in the NBA. You watched him on this stage and you said, yep, oh, yep. this guy's got something. And so that's why I just love this time of year. Where can Top people, seven pick on the draft be, because, because of, of it. all that. Where can people see, they can see you on Fox Sports. When will they be able to catch all of your analysis and your brackets and all that stuff? FoxSports.com, will they see you on some of the recap shows and whatnot? Well, they saw me on FS1 during the season. Now I'm on Fox.com a little bit Great. Uh, during the tournament and uh, on Twitter quite a bit. So yeah, yes. on Twitter. Wow. And and your Twitter handle for uh, for everybody to follow? At Howie Schwab. At Howie Schwab. Hey, Schwab, we love you. Thank you so much for taking your mo- very guys, valuable great time. great to be with you anytime. Anytime, guys. I love it. Your knowledge is amazing, and we are just sitting here just drinking it up like it is just oh, the I most tasty it. smoothie we've ever, we've ever had. Thank you. Have a great one. Enjoy, Enjoy the, the rest, rest of the, the tournament. tournament, all right? Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye, Howie. being with you. How about that, Jay? The Schwab. I love the Schwab. The Schwab. I love it. I love that people thought they were smarter than the Schwab. And yes, 16 people got them, but you know what? You probably, again, it's like the tournament. It's one one shot. One shot. That's why the tournament's so great. I love that he shares our belief that the tournament is great. Well, what you got from that interview, which I love, when we come back, we're going to have a voicemail from Hi Dick Vitale. Hi Dick Vitale. Who was mentioned many times in that interview. What you get from Howie Schwab is how much he still loves the game. Yeah. It's in there. It's, it's in, there. in him. And it's, it's him. why he's more than just a numbers guy. He's a real fan. That's right. So uh, thank you to him for joining us. Uh, let's take a break when we come this back. This is Yellow Brick by uh, Rick Wilson. It's really good. We'll be back uh, with a special guest right after this. It's the way that
Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I want to remind people uh, that uh, we are going to be at the Moon Tower Tower Comedy Comedy Festival Festival. doing a little Moon Tower action. That's at the end of April. So excited about that. We're going to do a live Dumb People Town. Do uh, live Dumb People Town. We're going to do Tag It. That's going to be live Dumb People Town's Friday night, seven thirty at eight hundred Congress on the twenty sixth. And then we're going to do a show called Tag It, where we bring our comedian friends up. They do their set, and then we come on stage in real time. We're trying to write tags for their jokes, and we'll pitch them on stage. It is so fun. We did that show before. Can't wait to do it at Moon Tower. We'll be doing two goddamn comedy jams. Uh, so Ping excited about that. Tournament. Ping pong tournament. Just lots of fun stuff. So we'll see you guys in Austin, Texas. And that is April 25th through the uh, 27th. Uh, and then in May, we're going to the uh, Blue at in Bloomington, Indiana, go to the Comedy Attic, one of our favorite places, May 9th, uh, 8th, 9th and 10th and 11th. So we're excited about doing that. And then at the end of the month, on Friday and Saturday, the 30th and, uh, excuse me, the 31st, of May and the 1st of June will be in Salt Lake City at uh, Wise Guys, one of our favorite clubs. Keith Stubbs is just the best and a great sports guy, too. He knows his sports. Go to supersclars.com. You can see all our dates. We have hey, dates. just added we are going to uh, San Francisco the 28th and 29th of June. How about that? Booyah. And we're going to be back down in Huntington Beach on the 15th at the Rec Room of June. So good stuff all the way around. We are uh, sort of updating and, and going to start sort of revamping our Instagram to put clips and stuff, maybe little Cheap Seats clips on there, stand-up clips. So if you're not following us on Instagram, do, do it. it. We're at Sklar Brothers. It's a great follow. You can see all the old content that we've ever done. Just give us a follow. We'd love to do that. Also, great merch in the store. You can go to supersclars.com, go to merchandise, or go to fluffycrate.com slash Sklar, and you can see all the punch waterfall stuff. You can get basically our logo on any type of merch that you want. It's really fun. And you can check that out. Uh, all right. Before we get out of here, we got a voicemail from Hi Dick Vital. There is Dick Vital, and he is just the greatest of the greatest. And then the there's great. Hi Vital. It's, it's an alternate universe. Vital. Uh, and so let's listen to that. Where are you fellas? Pick up your phone. It's your friend. It's your best friend, Dickie V, baby. I'm calling to talk to my friends, the mirror man. They look at each other, they look in the mirror. The Sklar buddies. Oh, I miss you fellas, especially this time of year as we're getting into the tournament. It's a serious one. Everyone's picking Duke. And why wouldn't you? There's a superstar team over there. That's an all-NBA team over there. Look at them. They got a superstar in every position. You got Zion. You got Trey Jones. You got Cam Reddish. You got RJ Barrett. And don't forget about Slippery Jean coming off the bench. He's no slouch himself. You got all these guys, baby. They're driving and drawing the dish and kicking out the slippery jean. He throws one up. Boom! Dipsy doo dunkaroo, baby Zion! That kid's a PTPer. He's a PTPer. He's a triple S man. Super scintillating and sensational. But don't sleep on the team that's gonna win it all. I'm not picking Duke. That's right. It's a surprise upset. I'm picking the kids from Reno, Nevada, baby. The Nevada Reno Wolf Pack. Believe it all, oh, they're wolves, baby. These kids are unbelievable. You got the Martin twins, they're unbelievable. You got uh, Sweet Caroline, come on, they got a chip on their shoulder. They're a seven seed. That's too low, baby. That's too low. They got a chip on their shoulder. They got something to prove. Look for them to cut down the nets. And I know all about it, baby. I know all about Nevada, because I've been out here for a while, fellas. You haven't heard from me in a bit. And I'll tell you why. I've been doing a little bit of recon. Oh, I've been doing a little bit of recon in a thing called Burning Man. Have you heard of it, fellas? It's unbelievable. I was eating flowers. I was licking toads. I tried something called Molly. Oh, she's a beautiful lady. If you haven't tried that, lick a toad, try a little Molly. You'll feel unbelievable. I'm going to live forever, fellas. I'm 
gonna live forever! I gotta find a youth out here in the Black Rock Desert out in Nevada! And I'll be ready for it when those kids cut down the nets! And here's another thing! I got a little trick up my sleeve for our friend Billis! He's gonna film one of those high on the town sort of an area spotlight things! I'll be waiting for him in a slot machine! Oh, Mr. Billis! Mr. Billis comes up here and tries to pull the lever on a slot machine! He'll come bursting out of it! Boom! It's me, baby! I got a fist full of nickels in each hand! I shove him up in every hole in his body! I fill Billis full of nickels, baby! Believe that! Oh, he's gonna be so full of nickels! They're not gonna call him Billis anymore! They're gonna call him Nickels! Oh, I drag him out to the Black Rock! This punishment isn't over! It's just starting for our friend Billis! We drag him up there! And it's not the Burning Man that's burning this year, baby! It's Mr. Billis! He's going up on top of the Burning Man! And it's no longer the tournament! It's a Burning Man! 64 teams vying for the top spot to bring Billis down! But you know who's gonna win that one, baby? The number one seed, Dickie V! That's right, baby! Billis finally goes down! I'm back in the seat calling games like I deserve to be! Like I should've been all along! You know it! I know it! I love you, fellas! Happy March Madness! I love the Sklaw Buddies! Dickie V! Alright, I think, uh... At least he's in the spirit of things, right, Jay? He's in the spirit of things. I hope um, he's all right. Um, I, I hope he's all right. I, I wouldn't even guess that he's all right. I think he's okay. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening to the show. We love having you on. We have exciting new stuff uh, on the horizon as well for this podcast and, uh, and beyond, which we can't wait to share with you. Those things are percolating and brewing. In the meantime, we say uh, don't punch a person. Go punch a waterfall. Knock me off my feet by soak. That's what Howie Schwab did for us today. That was probably one of this song might is, is in the clubhouse for my 2019 there we music go. episode. Knock me off my feet by soak. We have the Sklar Brothers of you from the Chief Seats. Thank you for spending your time with us and enjoy the tournament. You can, you can. A podcast network.